Hey everyone, good morning. I want to welcome you once again to Toronto City Church and our online worship experience. I am so glad that you're tuning in. I'm so glad that you've chosen to join us. Whether you're a member of the TCC family, whether you're a guest who is just tuning in from wherever you're tuning in from, thank you for being with us today. I'm really excited about the Word as we today are starting off Legacy 2021. Now, We've been talking about it for a couple weeks, but today is really our official kickoff in the sermon format for things. And I'm I'm just very excited about this time. I'm excited to talk together, to dream together about what God wants to build and what He wants to do here at Toronto City Church, talking about how we can be involved and we can build along with Him in, in just what He is doing. Now, the elements of this next four weeks are going to be the following. First and foremost, we're going to be sharing weekly messages that talk about legacy and talk about the legacy of what God wants to do here at Toronto City Church. I'm going to be sharing, Pastor Sharon is going to be sharing as well. The second part is going to be what we're calling a legacy night. Now this is something that is new that we're doing, but it's going to be on Saturday, May 29th, so make sure you go online and you registered, and it is going to be a Zoom gathering where for all the members of Toronto City Church, or even if you're not formally a member, but you're a member, if you know what I mean, you're part of this church family, and you want to come together, it's going to be a Zoom gathering where we're going to talk about uh, just vision, and we're going to talk about where, you know, how things are going so far this year, we're going to talk about where God is taking us, we're going to have question and answer time, so you can really connect into what's happening. Part of the heart of this came out of our annual general members meeting where there was several who come and said, you know, it'd be great if we could just touch base a little bit more throughout the year to hear about how the church is doing and how things are going. So we're going to build on this and we're also going to dive deeper into legacy and dive deeper into just what, you know, what our focuses are. And that really leads to our third part, which is going to be our annual legacy offering, which is going to be on Sunday, June the 6th. And so on Sunday, June the 6th, we are going to take up our annual offering this is an opportunity to give, an opportunity to make a commitment, and, and we're really excited about this. Now, let me, let me say this. I've, I've said it already. I'm going to continue to say it. Number one, we know that this has been a very challenging time for people, so I want to make sure no one feels uh, undue pressure to give. Now, you know what we talk about here at Toronto State Church. Giving to God is an honor, and, and when we sow, we reap. And so we, we're, not, we're not backing off talking about giving at all, but I also want to make sure sometimes there can be pressure just with life circumstances. Really, our encouragement is just to do what God tells you to do. I mean, that's what we always say, but I, I just want to encourage you in this again. Just be listening to the Holy Spirit and just obey Him. And if we each do what God tells us to do, together we're going to get to where we need to go. And so we're going to be focusing this year in our legacy offering. It, we'll talk more in the coming weeks, but here's the general idea. Number one, We're going to be focusing on a Joseph fund. Now, what do I mean by a Joseph fund? Well, if you take the account of Joseph and Pharaoh, when you give Pharaoh the wisdom, there are going to be seven great years, and there's going to be seven lean or difficult years. So in the seven great years, store up so you have more than enough in the seven difficult years. Well, we obviously are going through continued challenging times. Uh, Our Toronto City Sports Centre has still been shut down, so that's presented some challenges for us. And just, you know, the, the... the, the season we're in. So we want to make sure that the first part of legacy is just going to go to help fund us and keep us going strong through this season. Now, God's been good. We're doing well. But we want to be wise. We just want to make sure we've set aside money just to make sure that we have you know, more than enough to navigate through this season. We believe the Lord's led us to do that. Secondly, though, we're really excited about getting back to in-person and shifting gears back into, instead of 
into live streaming our actual services. So we're, we're, we know things are going to start to open back up. But to do that, we really need an upgrade on our sound system and our lights. So there's some things that we're going to focus into sewing into that, giving that. We're going to talk more about it in the coming weeks. We're going to have you know, something on, on paper, so to speak, that we can get to you. But just so you have some vision of what our focuses are going to be. But I believe, I'm really excited, we're going to talk about legacy. We're going to have the legacy night, and then we're going to have the legacy offering. And let's engage this together. So speaking of all that, let's talk about legacy. Let's talk about what God is saying to us about legacy. Let's talk about where he is building and, and just dream together of where he wants to take it. Let's pray into this right now before I jump in the meat of my message. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this opportunity that we have together here today just to, to seek you, to hear from you. And Lord, we thank you for legacy. God, we thank you for what you are building here at Toronto City Church. God, what you are building for generations and, and I thank you for just eyes to see and ears to hear today. Lord, even as we talk about just this coming month, the legacy offering, that we're, we're again, just going to pray and we're going to obey. We're going to hear from you, God. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. So, let's talk about legacy. I want you to go with me first to Matthew 16, 18. Because I believe this is a real key verse for the body of Christ in this season. I mean, it always is a key verse, but there's just, I, I feel like there's something fresh on this verse in this season. Matthew 6 to 18, it's when Jesus was with his disciples and he had said to them, well, who do men say that I am? And they told him, well, so-and-so and so-and-so. And he said, okay, but who do you say I am? And Peter piped up and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for this was not revealed to you but my, by flesh and blood, but by my Father who was in heaven. And then he goes on to this in verse 18. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on, somebody wherever you are right now, I want you to say, I will build my church. See, the first thing I want us to catch from this passage, guys, is simply this. Jesus is building his church. This is a promise that Jesus made as he was here with his disciples over 2,000 years ago, but it's a promise that is just as true right now. We need to always remember that he is the head of the church and that he was building his church. He continues to build his church. Even as we're talking about legacy, which is about building, it starts with, and it's important for us to understand and remember, that Jesus is the one who is building his church. Not as Jesus building his church when we talk about it globally, but Jesus is building Toronto City Church, right? Because Toronto City Church is part of his church. It's part of the universal church. It's part of the worldwide church. And so he's building in a worldwide way, but he is also building Toronto City Church. So when we talk about legacy, when we talk about what he is building, even here at Toronto City Church, it's remembering that it's not just what we're building. It's not just what we want to see happen. It's not just what we want to see going on, but it's remembering that we are aligning with him because he is building Toronto City Church. And so Jesus is building the global church. Jesus is building Toronto City Church. And Jesus, in the middle of all, is building you and me. Why do I say that? Because we are part of his church. The church is not just a building. It's not just an organization. It is not just a charity. But the church is called out people who God is building together. And so that means that if he's building his church, his promise is that he is building you 
and he's building me. Why? Because we're part of his church. But all is he building us, but he is inviting us to be part of what he is building. Right? He's inviting you. He's inviting me. And he's saying, I want you to be part of what I am building globally. I want you to be part of what I am building locally here at Toronto City Church. But we have to have that heart to say, yes, I will be part of what you're building. Let's look at another verse here. Jeremiah 17, 7-8. And along, along this theme of what he's building here at Toronto City Church. And it says, blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. Who trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots to the, str- roots to the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So guys, even as we talk, we're talking about what Jesus is building in Toronto City Church, what Jesus is building, I believe this scripture is so prophetic for us. It is a picture of what he's building. Or if we could say it in a different way, it's a picture of what he is growing. Because when God builds, He does not build dead structures, but He builds things that are alive. And He builds things that grow. And He's building and developing things that are moving forward and advancing. And so we see here that He is building in our church, even in the day we're in right now. Even in the times, even in the challenges, even in the seasons, He's building a church whose trust is in Him. And he's building us as a church that we're like a tree that are plant, that's planted by water and our roots go out into the stream. And we do not fear when heat comes, our leaves remain green. We are not anxious in the year of drought for we do not cease to bear fruit. And God is building us as a church. And part of what I believe he's been doing this over this last year. Frankly, I believe he's been doing it with us for several years. But he is building a persevering spirit. He is building a a, a tenacity. He is building a faith. He is building a strength in us. So even when there is shaking in the world around us, even when there's challenges, even when there's persecution, even when there's financial shakings and financial ups and downs, all these things are happening individually and corporately. We are a church that is planted by the water. We are a church that is planted by these and we are a church that is planted in what he is doing. This is what he is growing. This is what he is doing. And so we are leaning into this together. We're building legacy of being trees that are planted by water. I want you to go with me to 2 Kings chapter 20. Again, we're laying some foundation here. In 2 Kings chapter 20, it says this. At this time, it'll be a little longer, so just read with me. At this time, Merodach Baladin, the son of Baladin, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters and presents to Hezekiah. This is Hezekiah is the king of Israel. For he'd heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah welcomed them and showed them all his treasure house. The silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, armory, all that was found in the storehouses. There was nothing in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say? And where did they come to you? And where did And Hezekiah said, they have come from a far country from Babylon. And he said, what have they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, they have seen all that's in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. Then Isaiah had said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house 
and that which your fathers has stored up to this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons will come to you, whom you will father, who come from you, excuse me, whom you father, shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word the Lord has spoken, that you have spoken is good. For he thought, why not if there will be peace and security in my days? Now I don't know about you guys, but this is a passage that whenever I read it or I reflect on it, it shakes me to the core. We know historically that Babylon is going to come. We know historically that Babylon is going to destroy Jerusalem and is going to take the Jewish people into, into captivity. So we know this from reading the Scriptures. I mean, this is where we see the story of like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and all these things. But at this point, that had not yet happened. And so these envoys come from Babylon. And, and Hezekiah shows them everything that's in the kingdom. And then Isaiah comes and he gives them this word and says, all that you've stored up is going to be taken away. And, and this is what particularly hits me. And your sons... You know, the sons that have come for you are going to be taken into Babylon. And not going to be taken, so they're going to be taken into captivity, but they're going to be made to be eunuchs, which means literally their ability to reproduce will be cut off. I don't mean to be blunt, but that's just what it is saying. Now, I don't know you, but I can't know any parent in their right mind that would be happy to hear that's going to happen to their children. I can't think of any parent in their right mind that's going to be okay. And yet the Bible says that Hezekiah said, you know what, the word of the Lord is good because he said, at least there is going to be peace and security in my days. In other words, he's saying, I don't really care about what's going to happen to my children. I don't really care about what's going to happen to the next generation. As long as things are easy and comfortable for me, I'm okay. As long as the pressure is not too high on me, I'll be fine. As long as I can do what I want to do, it doesn't matter to me that there's going to be destruction. I mean, it's interesting. We don't see he cries out to God for change. It doesn't, we don't see that he fasts and prays and asks the Lord to change this. He doesn't even ask, is there something I can do to change this? Or maybe He just says, you know what, I'm happy with this because at least there's going to be peace and security for me. And guys, I want to encourage you in this. I want to challenge you. I pray today that this passage shakes you as much as it shakes me. Because as much as we look at this and we say, oh, how can Hezekiah be like that? How can Hezekiah have that kind of attitude? How can Hezekiah not care about the next generation? Guys, in the middle of saying all that, when push comes to shove, there's a question that we'd ask ourselves. And we say, right now, we can see in the world around us. We can see the plan of the enemy. We see the way certain things are tracking. We can see the way certain things are headed. Will we be willing to step up for the next generation? Will we be willing to fast and to pray and to cry out for the next generation? Will we be ready to really seek the Lord? Will we be ready to pay a price? Will we be willing to face some heat, to face some persecution? Will we be willing to be canceled by some if it means that we are going to take a stand for the generation that's going to come? Will we be willing to do this? Will we be willing to think about generations that are coming? Or will we just say, no, well, at least as it's easy for me, as least as it's okay in my generation, will we have the hearts for generation or will we simply be thankful for peace and security in our days? This is what legacy is all about. What legacy are we leaving? 
What legacy are we fighting for? What legacy are we building for our children? It's not just about us right now, guys. This is about generations. And I want you to even think about, many of you are parents. Many of you have children with you right now. Maybe you're not in that season of life yet, but I want you to think about nieces and I want you to think about children that God's going to give you. Think about the kids in our church family. What type of legacy are we building for them? What, what, are we taking a stand for them? This is what legacy is all about. Legacy is about generations. See, the word legacy actually simply means this. It's something tangible that is built or something tangible that is developed that is passed from one generation to another. See, legacy is to be, to be about legacy is to be about generations. And so if we're going to think, pray, preach, prophesy, talk about legacy, then in the very essence of that, we are thinking, praying, preaching, prophesying, preparing for generations and the generation to come. If we are going to be a legacy people, we are going to be people who are thinking about generations. Now, let's lay some biblical groundwork for this, because we're going to be talking over the next number of weeks and continue to dive deeper into this element of, 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 of legacy. But let's start with the fact, first and foremost, that God is a generational God. Remember, legacy is about generations. So if you're going to be about legacy, you're going to be about generations. God is about legacy. That means God is about generations. And we see clearly from the Scriptures that God is a generational God. Come on, wherever you are right now, say God is a generational God. Let's look at a few verses about this. We're going to move through some verses quickly, so keep up with me. Genesis 9, verse 12. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I'll make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. See, when God was making a covenant, it wasn't just between Him and this was initially with Noah, but he said, my covenant is for generations. See, he was thinking generationally. His covenant was not meant to just be for one generation. His covenant was for generations. Genesis 17, 17 says this, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to God to you and to your offspring after you. So once again, we see here God is making a covenant. This time it's with Abram, who becomes Abraham. And he makes a covenant, but again, it's generational. God is thinking legacy with this covenant. It's not just for Abraham, but it's for Abraham and his generation to come after him. Exodus 3.15, God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered through all generations. Now, it's interesting, in the Scriptures, it's about a dozen times that God is referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, on one level, this is Him clearly establishing His connection with the Jewish people, as they are seen as the forefathers or the patriarchs of the Jewish people. But on the other level, I want you to see this. It's not just the God of Abraham, but God is clearly establishing the generational procedure, and He's establishing the generational line. He is about generations. He doesn't just want to be the God of Brendan and Sharon, but He wants to be the God of Brendan and Sharon, 
and Micah and Shiloh, and then the children that Micah and Shiloh would have, and so forth. God is thinking legacy. God is thinking generations. Let's look at another verse here from Exodus 34-6-7. And it says, The Lord passed before him, and he declared, or proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, or one translation says thousands of generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, who by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of fathers and children shown to the third and fourth generation. Once again, we see the generational aspect that He is about generations. Come on, somebody say with me once again today, God is a generational God. So we see God is a generational God, but not only that, not only is He a generational God, but He is calling us to be a generational people. Come on, somebody where you are right now, say, we are a generational people. Right? If we're going to be a people who are about legacy, we need to be a people who are about generations. Luke 1 verse 50 says this, and His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Right? There's something powerful in that verse. That one generation, part of the job of every generation is to commend His works to the next generation. Part of the job of every generation of believers is to introduce the up-and-coming generation to God and to declare His mighty acts. To declare His acts. Psalm 1, 2 verse 18 says this, Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Do you see the generational aspect in this again? Let this be recorded for the generation to come. Let this be brought together for the generation to come. Why? So that a people yet to come be created may praise the Lord. See, if you think about it, guys, how many generations, even from Jesus, have loved Jesus? How many generations from even the time of Jesus have followed Him? How many generations have served Him? How many generations have built the kingdom? But every generation needed to not just think about themselves, but they needed to invest in, they needed to pray in, they needed to commend His works to a next generation. Why? So that generation could praise the Lord as well. Psalm 78, verse 4, it says, We will not hide them from their children, but we will tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord, His might and the wonders that He has done. One of the things God is calling of us, He's asking of us, He's, he's leading us to do, and there's this, this commandment, He's saying, tell the coming generation about my glorious deeds. Tell the coming generation about my might. Tell the coming generation about my wonders. One last verse, Psalm 78, verse 6. So it's just jumping two verses there. It says, The next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise to tell them to their children. Do you guys see this today? Do you see what I'm talking about? Legacy means generations. God is a generational God, but He's calling us to be a generational people. He's calling us to tell the next generation about who He is and what He's done. And let me say it this way. He's calling us to build something that is going to encompass generations and is going to build something that not only is going to take what we know and what we've grown in and what we've learned and pass to the next generation, but actually cause the next generation that our ceiling becomes their floor and they will go even higher. This is how the kingdom works. Let's look at Deuteronomy 6, 4-7. to 
And Deuteronomy 6, 47 says this, Hear, O the Lord our God, the Lord one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words I command you today, they shall be on your heart. Now, let's pause there for a second. Because that passage we're all very familiar with, right? That was the great commandment. That was the commandment that Jesus talked about. Loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, and all our strength. You know, and then in Jesus wanted to talk about loving our neighbor as ourselves. But we know that part. But here's what's interesting. I want you to look at verse 7. Because we often will disconnect these verses, but you have to remember the verses were put in by the Bible translators. They weren't necessarily there in the original text. And so what we've often done is we've stopped loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, or might as it says here, and we just stop. That's the thought, that's the concept. But in this passage, verse 7, he didn't stop with the commandment. Verse 7 is a continuation of this commandment. And what does verse 7 say? It says, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. In other words, family, part of the great commandment is not just loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself, but it is also making sure that we teach this our children, that we teach this to the next generation, that we understand that part of our responsibility is loving God, it's loving our neighbor, and it's pouring into the next generation. It's introducing the next generation to Him. It's teaching our children when we sit in the house, when we walk in the way, when we lie down, when we rise up, using every technology we can, using every aspect of creativity that we can, using every opportunity that we can, that it is part of His command, that we don't just love Him ourselves, but we fight, do everything we can to impart that love to the next generation, to introduce the next generation, to think legacy, to think generational. This is the heart that He has called us to. And my prayer for Toronto City Church is that we would be a generational church. My prayer for Toronto City Church is that we would be a legacy church. My prayer for Toronto City Church is that right at the heart of everything we do, we would not just be happy with it being for us, but we'd be thinking about the generations, and we'd be praying for generations, and we'd be willing to sacrifice for generations, and we'd be willing to give for the generations, and we'd be willing to, to take some heat, to take some challenges, to take some difficulties, so we can get some breakthroughs for the generations. This is what legacy is all about. Guys, it's not just a nice little series so we can get an offering, so we can get some more things. No, this is about building legacy together, and this is about building for the generations. What kind of church do you want your kids to be able to inherit? What kind of church do we want the next generation of souls who come into the kingdom to be able to inherit? Will we be willing to do whatever we need to do right now to partner with the Lord in Jesus in building His church? Why? Because there's a generation that needs to know. There is a generation. There's children yet unborn that need to know. There is a coming generation that we've got to declare His glorious deeds, His might, His wonders. Guys, this is one of the reasons, even when we talk about like get, growing online, you know, getting new gear, getting new lights, getting things set up. Why? Because that is the way, when we can get that, that's the way the coming generation learns so much. They're going on their phones, they're going on their tablets. We want to get into that realm in an even greater way as a church family and say, hey, we're building for the next generation.
declaring the works of the Lord. We're telling about the things He's done. There's a people yet to come who will praise the Lord. None of us are eternal in this capacity. We're eternal in a heavenly reality. But we are all here for a time and a place. We have a purpose in our generation. But then should the Lord tarry, our job is to pass that baton to the next generation. And I don't know how many people here ran track and field. I always wish I could, but I was too slow. But if you picture a 4 by 100 race, right? You can run an amazing first leg of that race, but it isn't done yet. And if you don't pass that baton well to the next runner, your whole team gets disqualified. You can run a great second leg of the race. You can be in the lead. You can be smoking everybody. But if you don't pass that baton to the next runner, your whole team is disqualified. You can even be in that third leg and you can be right. But if you don't pass that baton to the next generation, you don't pass that baton to the next runner, you have failed. You lose. And sometimes, guys, and I just feel this in my spirit, we're so focused on running our leg, which is good, but we have to be just as focused as getting that baton into the hand of the next generation. Because if we don't do that, we lose. If we don't do that, if we don't build something for the generations, we have a good run ourselves, but ultimately we don't win the race. We're supposed to win the race. What if, what if there was so much that God was doing in you, getting you to pray and intercede in, into, not just about you being able to benefit right now, but it was about you sacrificing to get that baton to the next generation. What if there's promises, guys? I know sometimes we don't like talking about this, but what if there's promises that our job is to pray and contend and go after because we're going to get that baton to the next generation and they're going to live the fullness of it? Would we be willing to still run our legs so we win the race? Would we be willing to do it for our children? Would we be willing to do it for our children's children? Or will we have a spirit like Hezekiah where we say, well, as long as it's comfortable and easy in my day. It doesn't matter that Babylon's going to destroy. It doesn't matter that my sons are going to be turned into eunuchs. As long as I'm comfortable, I'm going to be okay. In the name of Jesus, no! But we would be people that say whatever we need to do, we're going to get that baton. And we're, we're going to run our race. But we're going to make sure we're just as focused as getting that baton into the hands of the next generations. Run into a place and a season that we do not have the opportunity to go. Will we be people of, of legacy? Will we be generational people? So just in closing, let me say this. This is what it means. If we're going to be people of legacy, if we're going to be generational people, number one, we need to think generationally. We can't just think about the here and now. We can't just think about our comfort. We've got to think generationally. We've got to look even the world around us and say, what is this going to pass to the next generation? We need to think generationally. Number two, we need to believe generationally. Right? Are you just believing for what God wants to do in you? Or are we going to believe for generations? Right? Are we going to believe for what God wants to do? I mean, even, even in some very practical things. I mean, we're, we're talking about practical. But, you know, we got phase two just about done. God's given us phase three. There's other things that we're going to build. Part of what I realized, there's some assignments on my life to help lead build some things so it can be passed to another generation and they can build on that and go forward. Right? But, but there's, there's something about paying a price in things right now so the next generation, they don't have to pay that price. They have the opportunity to go even further. Right? We need to believe generationally. We need to pray generationally. I want to encourage you. I just believe even as God continues to grow us as a house of prayer, one of our prayer assignments is praying for generations. 
It's praying for the generations. We know the power of praying parents. How many times people talk about their praying mother, their praying father, I mean, especially moms. There's something about moms. You know, even it was celebrated Mother's Day about that praying mom. But will we be those praying mothers and fathers who are going to pray for generations? Right? Will we give generationally? Right? There's an element. I sometimes, you know, because I'm thankful for the generosity in our church. But you know, it's like every year we're giving and we're investing. But guys, that's building. Right? What we have even now is because he gave. Right? There's 33 years of giving that's brought us to where we are as a church. And, and, and will we be those who, again, take that baton and now say, okay, it's our leg of the race even in giving. And will we build generationally? Will we be? Guys, there is a constant tug of war. And this is part of what we want to go after even in this series. There's this constant tug of war back and forth where it's natural for us to think, pray, and believe. Uh, I would say it this way. Will we think, pray, believe, give, build generationally? Or will we be like Hezekiah where our focus is only on what is easy for us? What is, what is the peace and what's the comfort for us? That's the tug and pull. I mean, as much as we're kind of preaching strong on this, it's so easy for all of us to gravitate towards what's easy right now, right? Let me just at least have peace and comfort right now. But I want to encourage you in Jesus' name. I'm praying for a Holy Spirit, and even during this month, during this series, that there's going to be a spirit in each one of us that said, hey, we are going for generations. We are believing for generations. One more scripture to leave you with, and then we're going to close in prayer. Judges 2 verse 10. This is after Joshua has led the children into the promised land. He's led them. They've taken the promised land. There, there's still more to do, but Joshua passes away. And the Bible says that Joshua passed away, and it says that all the leaders who were with him passed away. And then this, again, is one of those verses that really rocks me. But Judges 2 verse 10 says this, and all, and all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. So Joshua and that generation. And there arose another generation after them, who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Now again, this is a sobering point to finish on, guys, but hear this. There arose a generation who did not know the Lord and who did not know the work that he had done for Israel. They did not know the Lord. And why did they not know the work that he had done? Because as much good as Joshua and his generation did, somewhere along the way there was a breakdown and they did not introduce the next generation to the Lord. They did not do a good enough job of letting the next generation know about the works that he had done. Now, I know some of this probably is just kind of the natural progression of things. I'm not trying to be too hard on them, but I want to just catch the spirit because everything they did, and then that released them in the book of Judges. You read the book of Judges, the book of Judges is crazy. It's just they are all over the place. They're up and down, and they keep going through cycles of bondage and cycles of freedom, but then bondage and freedom and bondage. Why? Because they didn't know the Lord. They didn't know the work He has done. That is not going to be our testimony. But in the name of Jesus here at Toronto City Church, because we're embracing legacy, because we're embracing generations, every generation that comes up in our prayer, and Lord, we're just asking you, even as I'm preaching this right now, that generation, the generation coming up will know you. And the generation coming up will know your works. God, I just pray. I feel just an intercessory moment here right now. God, we pray that this generation will know revival.
God, we pray that this generation will know signs and wonders. God, we pray that this generation will know the fire of God. God, we pray that this generation will not just know about you, but this generation will know you. God, we pray that this generation will not fade into the background, that this generation will not be taken out, God, by lukewarmness or not be taken out by deception or not be taken out by the enemy, but that a generation will arise that will know their God and that will be strong and will do great exploits. And we just ask right now in the name of Jesus as a church family, we cannot do this in our own strength. We're not smart enough. We don't know enough. We're not skilled enough by, by the power of the Holy Spirit that there will be a move of your spirit in our community, God, where the next generation will see your works experience you they will know you and there will be a generation that arises that knows their god that is strong and that does great exploits in jesus name in jesus name i kind of did my closing prayer right there in jesus name everyone who agreed with me said so here, here's what i want to say in closing we're going to be talking about all this the next four weeks we got legacy night we got legacy night, but but really it's a work of the holy spirit in our hearts because we can be attenders or we can be builders. Are you an attender or are you a builder? I want to invite you. Legacy is built by builders, not by attenders. And so in any way, just ask the Lord to show you. Where, where do I have an attender mindset? Help me to build and move into a builder's mindset. We're going to talk more about what that looks like as a church family. So, yeah, I just, sorry, I'm just caught up in this moment. For, for right now, just that, that there's, there's just God is moving over generations. Come on, just take a moment with the Lord right now. If you just want to put your hands out like you're receiving from God, we don't get a lot of chance to do like because we're online, we don't have ministry moments, but just a ministry moment right now. Holy Spirit, just come right now. Light a fire in our hearts for generation. Light, light a fire, light a fresh fire in our hearts for, for what you're building for generations, God. We can't do this on our own strength. We, we need you. But we thank you that we have you. And so we just thank you for this work, God. Thank you that we're not going to be just attenders, but we're going to be builders. And that, Jesus, you're building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We don't have to be afraid. You're building your church. In Jesus' name. All right, well, just really quickly before I go. I want to make sure everyone watching this is right with God. See, the Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love because of sin. Because of sin, we deserve judgment and punishment. We, we deserve eternal separation. I'm not just trying to point the finger at you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus came, he died, and he rose again. He said, if you'll turn your back on sin and put your faith in me, I'll forgive you, I'll set you free. The punishment you should have gotten, I take on myself. And you can walk in forgiveness. And instead of having eternal punishment, you are going to have, uh, be with me for eternity. That's right there for every single one of us. And it, the way we receive it, it's, it's, the Bible talks about it, it's like a gift of eternal life, is we just ask for it in faith. We come as a child and we ask Him for it. So if you're listening to me and you know you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to give your life back to Him, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Fill me. Free me. 
Forgive me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says, all who call the name of the Lord is saved. Oh, it sounds simple, but something has happened if you prayed that prayer in faith. God's heard you, and God's answered your prayer, and we would love to support you and back you up in this decision. So if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, can you just let us know? We want to just touch base, and we want to just be able to encourage you and help you in any way possible. So we love you. God bless you. Come on, guys. We're excited about this month. Tune in every week. We're going to be talking about legacy. We're going to talk about building with Jesus as he's building his church. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We were so glad to have you with us. 